Hey, good morning, friends. It's good to have you here as people are beginning to tune in. And uh, welcome once again on this fine Saturday morning. Just want to remind you that this is a great time to put on the brakes, grab a cup of coffee, and join the conversation because it is time once again for Coffee Breaks with Steve. Tastes good. Hey, welcome. If you are uh, just tuning in, uh, please make sure that you say hello as we get started in the chat. That's your place to be part of the conversation today. And uh, I need you as part of the conversation. Otherwise, I'm just talking to myself. It's not that I don't do that. And it's not that I can't do that. But it's just more fun if we're all involved. If you are tuning in live and I see that uh, Carissa's here, Shalane, Rick, Good morning, Lila Swafford. Good morning, Lila. Um, if you are here watching live, do make sure that when we get into our topic today, well, before even before we get into the topic, feel free to be participating in the chat. If you tune in later on and you're watching this as, as a recorded program, you can still make comments in the chat. And I would hope that you would do that. I like to go back and see what everybody has said. I don't always catch every comment while we're in the process. So I like to go back and read it all. I'll tell you the honest truth. I don't like going back and watching myself on video. Isn't that funny? I don't know how many of you are like that, where you don't like to, to hear a recording of your voice or see a recording of your face, of your person. I'm not crazy about that. I'm perfectly comfortable doing this. I just don't like to go back and watch myself. It, I, I don't look in, in real life like I think I look while I'm doing it, even though I've got my visual up here. Anyway, that's all inside. I do want you to participate. Hey, Jason, Jerry Thompson, good morning. And uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get into our topic here in a few minutes, and I'll talk more about that as we get ready to, to do it. But I do want to share some special... Oh, I want to tell you as well, if you watched last week, you know that we were talking about reunions, and I was getting ready to go to my reunion. You may have seen some... I posted some things on my personal Facebook page about that. Had a great time. It's always fun to do this. It's a little bit... It's always just a little bit... I don't know. I'm a little bit afraid or intimidated as I'm arriving at these reunions? Like, am I going to know people? Are people going to recognize me? Is that walking into the room and that weird feeling that we get that everybody's looking at you and saying, who's that? And what's he doing here? But uh, that aside, I had a great time, saw people reconnected with people that I only see on Facebook and hadn't seen in three years because of COVID and the last time we had one of these reunions, I encountered a few people who in, in one or two cases went clear back to elementary school and I hadn't seen in over 50 years. And we're kind of like, why do I know your name? And then we started comparing notes and realized where in elementary school we knew each other, what class we had been in together. And so that was kind of fun too. That's and you get into the conversations with people and I, through the process also had some more 
um, specific follow-ups on Facebook and even through here on Coffee Breaks and looking forward to seeing where some of that leads. Brenda Durnell, good morning. Jay Zetterval, good morning. So anyway, I just wanted to follow up on that and let you know I did go to my reunion. I did have a great time and it was just a good weekend uh, in the Portland area, spending time with my brother and sister-in-law, Scott and Kathy, and uh, looking already looking forward to the next opportunities. Okay, so a few special days. Today, Saturday, the 13th, left-handers day. How many of you are Southpaws? How many of you on here are left-handed? And I know some people go, I, I'm ambidextrous. I use either. Go ahead and put that on here too. If you are left-handed or you're ambidextrous. But today is officially, for whatever reason, left-handers day. Um, there is a saying I've seen on bumper stickers and mugs that says left-handed people are the only ones in their right mind. And I think most of you get the joke there, um, but for maybe it's true. It, it is also, and this is not always on the 13th, but it's always on the second Saturday of August is middle child day. And I know some, I know for a fact that some of you on here are the middle child, but I'm, I'm curious about, again, raise your hand. You can raise your left hand if you're left-handed and the middle child, but, uh, Mention it on here if you are also the middle child. Middle child, there is a whole thing about middle kids, the middle child. Like, they even refer to it as middle child syndrome. Like, there is something about the personality and behavior of the middle child in a family that's supposed to be different. And it's it becomes even weirder if... If there's not, if there's an even number of kids in the family, because which one's the middle child? You know, you've got like if there are four kids, you've got numbers two and three are both the middle child, the middle children's is anyway. Curious about your thoughts about that. Are you the middle child? Were you in a family where there was a middle child or is a middle child? And how did that play out? Do you agree that the middle child has a specific personality type and certain things about them that differentiate? Sometimes it's made very negative, problematic, like, well, the middle child. Uh, but I'm just curious about your thoughts on that. But anyway, today, second Saturday in August is Middle Child's Day. So, uh, Welcome and congratulations to any of you who are the middle child. Um, let's see, Carissa says, Shalane, we both have days this week. Shalane is left-handed and Carissa is the middle child in our family. So there you have it. Uh, what else? Oh, there's also today is National Garage Sale Day. And this is a time of year when there are a lot of garage sales. You see typically the summer months when the weather's warmer, you'll see a lot of the garage sales or yard sales. And I'm curious as well, how many of you have held or typically do hold a garage sale seasonally or regularly? And how many of you love to go to garage sales, either to actually shop or just to see what's there? Sometimes I've gone to garage sales just because I'm very curious about the kinds of things that people put out there. There are some places where they do neighborhood yard sales or garage sales where there'll be an entire street or an entire cul-de-sac where everybody they coordinate and everybody on the same day has their yard sale or garage sale going so people can actually make the circuit. It's like going through a mall. Um, but I'd like your thoughts about garage sales. Then tomorrow, the 14th, is National Creamsicle Day. You know what creamsicles are, right? They're a specific type of frozen treat on a stick that is... 
you described it. What do you see as the creamsicle? What do you include as creamsicles? Most of them, I think, are the are the orange, the orange sherbet and vanilla together is a creamsicle. Again, interesting that there is a day specifically for that type of frozen treat, because I'm into all the frozen treats. I'll tell you the truth. I like them all. Um, let's see. Creamsicles. Yum. Hi, Kathy Garlic. I didn't say hi to you yet. Creamsicles are delicious, Brenda says. I agree. Um, yeah, Jerry Thompson, going back, I just saw your comment. Two older and three younger. Where does that put me? We were talking about middle child. I think you'd be included, Jerry, as a middle child. But I think it's somewhat subjective within the family. Were you referred to within your family and treated as middle child? That's That becomes the question when you have the, the, um, the numbers like that, right? Okay, let's see what else. I got sidetracked. Oh, today is VJ, or no, tomorrow, VJ Day, Victory in Japan Day. This is um, the day in 1945, World War II. The 14th of August was when Japan submitted their notification that they were surrendering to the United States, to the Allies. So there was. there's always been some confusion about what day actually marks VJ Day or the end of World War II because Germany had already surrendered. Some people say that the 14th is VJ Day, Victory in Japan Day, because that's the day that Japan submitted their surrender. The 15th, the next day was the day that it was made public, that it was broadcast out that they had surrendered. So some people consider the 15th VJ Day. And then President Truman announced, declared September 2nd as Victory in Japan Day, because that was the date that Japan formally on the USS Missouri in Tokyo Harbor, that the, the instrument of surrender was officially signed. And so President Truman then said, well, September 2nd is Victory in Japan Day. So there's been confusion, but it's pretty much recognized in, in modern times that the 14th of August is VJ Day. But anyway, that's just, you know, trivia. I know you need the trivia. Uh, the 16th um, is National Roller Coaster Day. And I just realized I think I have a day of the week wrong because the 16th I, I have on my notes is Monday. Actually, the 16th is Tuesday, but it's National Roller Coaster Day. I'm a roller coaster fan going way back. As I get older, I have a harder time riding roller coasters. Here recently, we have a, a theme park that's uh, less than an hour away from where we live. It's in northern Idaho, and it's called Silverwood. And some of you may have heard of Silverwood, if you, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, anywhere, because it's, it's one of the biggest theme parks in this region of the country. I know there are big ones in California, but if you're not a Californian or you don't go to California to go to theme parks, some of you may have been to Silverwood. We've been there a couple of times recently with grandkids, and I've had a chance to go on some of the roller coasters. And I still love to go on roller coasters, but I, I can't tolerate as many in a row as I used to because as you get older, the inner ear changes. But I still love roller coasters. Are you a roller coaster fan? If so, do you have an all-time do you have an all-time favorite roller coaster that you've been on or a favorite theme park to go to for roller coasters? One of the things that we've talked about in the past was sort of a highlight was a number of years ago, 16 or so years ago, we did a family trip to the East Coast and we went to the Six Flags in Pennsylvania, where at the time, and it had only been open a few months, was the tallest, fastest roller coaster in the world called King Ka. 
look at go online look for videos not right now watch this but later on look up kinga ka online youtube and watch this thing because it's a pretty dramatic roller coaster i think it's been out heighted and out speeded uh, by other roller coasters in the world but it's still pretty cool anyway national roller coaster day and then uh, the 17th uh, which is wednesday is um national thrift shop day and kind of like garage sales i mean a lot of people really love to do shopping and it, it's it's not actually it's, it can be interesting as some people don't like thrift shops they don't like the feel they don't like the smell there are sometimes a very specific smell to thrift shops where things are being have been donated and are being sold secondhand but you've got like goodwill and value village and salvation army and a variety of places and some nonprofits operate their own thrift shops as a way to help raise money curious whether you are a thrift shop shopper um, you can find clothing there you can also find kitchen items and, and sometimes you find things that were never used. They, you know, people will do things like if they got duplicates of wedding gifts or or receive something that never got used, they'll donate it and they get sold at thrift shops for a lot less than what you may have found them elsewhere. Sometimes it's things that are maybe a little bit older, uh, but still work. Appliances, televisions, that type of thing. Are, are you a person who shops at thrift shops? We're actually going to be bringing up thrift shops a little bit later in our conversation. And then Friday the 19th is National Potato Day. I mentioned that because I usually try to get something in some things in here that are food items. Are you a person who likes potatoes? And if so, how do you like them prepared? I'm also mentioning Potato Day because we are right next to Idaho, where we live. And Idaho, of course, famous potatoes. Idaho's big on potatoes. This region of the country, potatoes. I like potatoes a variety of different ways. Georgie High, roller coasters are instruments of torture. Some people don't like roller coasters. Some people can't ride roller coasters. Um, and like I say, I, oh, you know what's funny? I have a height issue. And so with me, roller coasters, I the biggest thing that I struggle with with roller coasters, especially if they're really tall, is the start where they are slowly climbing that first rise. That slow climb to the top is difficult for me because of my height issues. Once it gets going, most of the time, I'm fine once it's going full speed. Um, but yeah, it, it, roller coasters are, I don't think there are too many people who are ambivalent around roller coasters. You either love them or, or you consider them instruments of torture. Um, yes. Yeah, Carissa had a quote in there from an experience. It's still going up. Well, this thing's tall. Uh, Shalane, potatoes believe in themselves. They can be anything. I like that about them. That's a great statement, Shalan. Okay, those are the days of the week that I had. I didn't have any birthdays or anniversaries on my list, but if you're uh, having uh, any kind of a celebration this week around a special day, you are experiencing a birthday, you are celebrating an anniversary, maybe it's your, it's your significant other or a child or someone that you want to make sure we give a shout out to on here, Put it in the comments here so that we can all celebrate together. And I'm going to ask you to do something else. I say this every time I say, if you've got a special day coming up in August or maybe even in September, let me know. Send me a private message. I'm actually going to challenge you. I know some of you do. I know some of you have things that are coming up in the coming weeks. I'm going to ask you to make yourself a little note right now. And when you get done on coffee breaks today, send me that private message. You can find me. My name's on here on the banner, Steve Glavin. If you find me on Facebook, you can find me on private messages on, on Facebook Messenger. Send me that information because I want to make sure 
my list is not incomplete. I, I can go out on Facebook and look to see the birthdays that are coming up. I've got my own calendar for family, for birthdays and anniversaries. But even with that, I miss some. And so I could use your help. Okay. All of that is, is good. I, I want to talk today about our topic. And you've been seeing the, the promos all week, the slides that I've been putting up online that we're going to talk about how to overcome inflation frustration. And I want to put a couple of things out there to start to just let you know how I want to approach our conversation today and the perspective from which I'm approaching it. First of all, as we talk about overcoming inflation frustration, I'm not going to dwell on the inflation itself and all of the, all of the frustrations that go with it. We're going to be talking about ways that we can utilize practical resources and apps and other things. What are some tools, tricks, tips, apps that we can use to help us save money? So the emphasis is not, this is not a gripe session or even a focus on inflation itself. It's so that we can share some things that might help each other with, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Or maybe you had and you just hadn't been utilizing some ways that you can save money. So I want to put a couple of things out there. One, I am not a, uh, a professional financial advisor. I'm not an expert on, on the economy. I'm just a guy like you. And so what I'm sharing today is not expert advice or professional advice. I'm just sharing things that either have worked for me um, or things that I've been seeing and, and researching recently that look practical and make sense to me. I'm putting them out there for you to do whatever you want to with. And I'm also going to be asking you to share some of your own ideas in conjunction with this, because we can all learn from each other. We can all help each other. So I'm hoping we can exchange some great ideas today that maybe can help all of us save a few pennies or a few dollars here and there. And again, you're going to have to check for yourself. Some things work for some people. Some things don't work for others. The other thing I'm going to ask, and I'm going to repeat this a couple of times, and I, and I think we can all do this. By the way, hi, Kathy McCormick. It's all right that you're late. Um, is that I, I know that we all have strong opinions about the current state that we're in with the inflation, with prices going up. We have, we have our own opinions about the political implications and the political causes and we have our own we have our own opinions and strong feelings about some of the social issues surrounding it how it affects people in certain classes etc those are all valid not taking anything away from any of those opinions any of those those strong statements i'm just going to ask that this not be the forum to express those i i don't mind if you want to exchange those with me personally and privately but what I would like our conversation today to be focused on is sharing practical solutions, practical resources that we can all use, that different people can use. And let's save anything that we feel strongly about politically, socially for another time. And I appreciate it. I know that I can, I can count on you to do that. Thank you for that. So I want to share a few things as we go here. And again, this is just from my perspective. So you can, you can take this or leave it, but I want to talk about how we can overcome inflation frustration. And I'm going to start by talking about something that you might either go, you know, let's talk about establish a budget. And some of you are going to go, um, well, duh, yeah, of course you establish a budget. And others of you are going to go, I don't have time for a budget. So let me make a couple of quick points there, again, from my own experience. One is if you already have a budget, what I'm talking about here is making sure that you're really keeping up with it. It's not something that can sit dormant. To really be effective, you need to be able to keep track of, of 
what where money is coming in and how it's going out because it's easy to lose track and sometimes you can nickel and dime yourself. So I, I just want to make sure that we're aware of that. The other thing is some of you say, well, I, I don't have a budget. I don't have time. You have a budget because you do have money coming in to, to your household and you have expenses going out. That's the budget. The question is, are you tracking it? Are you controlling it? Do you have control of your budget or does it have control of you? So that's what we're talking about here. So that's the closest I'm going to come to a soapbox is just saying that's something I think is important. You have to do something along these lines, create a spreadsheet of your income and spending that's realistic, that's actuals. And what you think is, is your goal, what's realistic for what you have available. Uh, there are apps and programs that can help you monitor spending. A lot of the banks now, if you have a checking account at a bank, have apps and have resources on it that say, here, let's kind of look at the categories we've been spending. But there are, also, um, there are also different ways that you can go about doing that. There are apps. There's an app for that. There are apps and uh, programs that you can get for your phone or for your computer. And... Um, I'm going to drop this banner out of here for a few minutes just because I think it's going to cover up part of the slide. But um, there are some, I actually use Mint. Again, I'm not advocating that that's what you should use, but I'm using that one. It's, I have it on my phone and I have it on my computer. And it's great because you can set your categories. You can set what you want to spend each month and the limits in each category. And then you can track it real time. You can actually have Mint Connect. And I think these other ones do too. YNAB stands for you need a budget. It is highly touted and rated uh, by experts. And, uh, and, and so is Pocket Guard. But you may have your own. What do you use to track your budget, to keep track of it? Some people say, I just do it on a spreadsheet. I do it manually. I balance my checkbook manually. Uh, every every month. And, and that's something that we were often taught to do at a younger age or not taught to do and we should have. But now you can pretty much use these apps to help you track that and even your own bank app to help you track that. In addition to a budget, we all need to kind of manage spending and you go, okay, what exactly do you mean by that? Well, share again a few opinions about this or my own perspective. One, you need to differentiate. And again, some of these may sound like a duh, but differentiate between your needs, your wants, and your wishes. Needs are those things that we need to survive, that we need to get by. You need shelter. You need food. You need to, uh, there are certain things, you need to cover the utilities, right? We need certain things just to be able to get by. You need transportation in most cases, one way or the other. Everybody drink. Go ahead, Shalane. Um, the difference between wants and wishes, wants are the optional things, like, Maybe, you know, maybe you like to go out and and get your hair done or get a manicure or pedicure. And those are wants. And you you can do those as long as you have the surplus. But if you're dealing with a certain month where there's some other things that come up, then maybe you have to hold off on that. Uh, they can include a lot of things. What are your wants and wishes are those things that sometimes it's like, you know, if I get a lot of extra, I would love to travel to whatever it may be. Wishes sometimes are the long term but there are also things that are part of that optional. And, and some people, you know, it's going to depend. You can run those, the wants and wishes together, but you got to be able to differentiate. The other thing is when you're shopping, compare prices. Uh, again, there are a lot of apps and tools out there that you can now use to do that. Some people just go online and do a Google search under the shopping category and look at different places that are selling an item. But there are some 
apps out there, shop savvy. And some of these you can actually take to a store with you, scan a barcode on an item, and it'll compare with other retailers who are selling the same item. And you can just look and see. Same thing with like going on Amazon. Is that that's convenient, but is that always the best place? And sometimes Amazon is better than what you can find in the store. But uh, it's Shop Savvy, Buy Via, and My Cart Savings. My Cart Savings also overlaps with things like grocery shopping. So it, it can be helpful as well. And then uh, if you're a credit card user, and some people avoid them entirely, there are credit cards that offer rewards that can both offset. I mean, it can just make it worthwhile because in a way it's kind of like money back in your pocket that you can use for other things. But also it's... It, it's one of those things where the rewards themselves can can help you with the saving on particular items while you're shopping. You're not only collecting rewards for later, sometimes you can use those rewards on the spot. And so those can be helpful. We're going to talk a little bit later about credit cards and things that you want to make sure that you're watching with those. And I'm trying to be sensitive to time. There's a lot to go through. And, and, and this is a, a, a big topic with a limited amount of time. Then consider shopping at thrift stores. We talked about thrift stores. Lots of times you can find things at these thrift or secondhand stores, or sometimes even like if it's appliances, things will be sold that are in the back of the store and a separate outlet for the store that were, had a little bit of a ding or a dent. They're imperfect. Look for the imperfects. Be careful with imperfects. But sometimes shopping at thrift stores or, or, or looking for the imperfects can be a way to get great items at less at the grocery stores, talk about some specifics at the grocery store. Um, a lot of experts right now are saying, you know, you can save sometimes tens, if not more, depending on the size of your of your shopping and how much you have to put in the cart by going to store brands instead of name brands. For the most part, store brands, in many cases, they are put out by the same companies that create their, the, their own name brands, but you can get them for less. And it's real easy when you're in the grocery store to look on the shelf and do comparisons of actual price and even unit prices and pay attention to those because that, that can all make a difference. Um, this seems almost like old fashioned. And I have to admit, it's something that I tend to ignore, but you still get those circulars in the mail. Or sometimes as you walk in the front door of a grocery store, they have those, those circulars that look like an insert to the newspaper that will tell you where some of the deals are and sometimes include on the spot scannable coupons. You can look, and also sometimes just on the shelves themselves, they'll show you that there's a special on right now for a particular item. And sometimes it's it depends on the quantity, buy two, get two free, that type of thing. That works for some items, doesn't work for others, but look for those. Another thing is that some stores offer memberships. They're free. You sign up and yes, it sometimes puts you on a mailing list. You start to get emails for things, but you can, you put it, you scan your card when you're paying or put in a phone number and you sometimes get additional deals, additional sales on items or you will stack up points that work towards some sale at a later time. So the, the store member and reward programs can also uh, be useful. And again, please remember, number one, um, share your own ideas here about practical things. And number two, just a reminder, again, we're focusing on the resources, practical resources to share, and not on our strong opinions about political or social issues. Thank you for continuing to keep the focus on the practical. Uh, use by versus best by days, just something to be aware of is that there are items that may be on the shelf and sometimes they get marked down in the stores at a certain point because the best by date has hit. 
Best Buy date or the date that's on that item, perishable items is what this typically refers to sometimes as dairy or bread or other things, is not necessarily, doesn't necessarily mean it's no good anymore. That's just what the standards that are set that say it can be on the shelf for X number of days after it's produced or, or made. And then it has to either be marked down or taken off the shelf. Sometimes even grocery stores have outlets for day olds or things that have gotten just past that use by day. It doesn't mean they're expired, but if it's used by, that's different than Best Buy or expiration date, that type of thing you do need to be aware of. Um, quantities and sizes that make sense on both in both directions. If you're not a big milk drinker, buying a gallon of milk and holding it until it does go bad and having to dump it out may not be as practical and cost effective as buying a half gallon of milk. Flip side of that is there are things, especially non-perishables, that particularly if you use them on a regular basis, ketchup may be an example or, or things like that, where buying the larger bottle where you're actually getting more, a higher, a higher, larger quantity, more in the bottle than you would if you pay a little bit less, but you're paying more per ounce or whatever. So look at quantities and sizes and just determine if that makes the most sense. So those are just some of my ideas. Please remember to be sharing yours. I'm rushing through some things here. And I know some of mine may not work for you and you've got some that I'm not even thinking of or putting up here. So share your ideas too. Let's talk about at the pump. This has been a big one. They're saying gas prices are coming down, but we still know it's it, 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 it ain't what it used to be. It's expensive to drive places now because of the pump. So one of the things is decrease optional driving. If you don't have to go someplace, uh, or there are options for other forms of transportation, riding your bike, taking public transportation that may save you on gas. Consider some of those options. Sometimes it's changing what we consider to be convenient or expedient. Compare gas prices. Uh, there are a variety of ways that you can do that now. One may just be you're out driving, you see two gas stations across the street from each other, but there are also, once again, some apps. And I'm just sharing a couple of ways you can do this. Gas Buddy is one, again, very highly recommended by experts that lets you compare prices in, at gas stations in your area. And um, another one are the, are the GPS apps like Waze, even Google Maps and others where consumers, where the people using the app will can update, when they go to a gas station, they can update the prices they're seeing. And when you're looking at those, you can actually look at the gas, the gas stations and the gas prices in your area. Um, so that's another, another way that you can potentially save at the pump is just by looking ahead. And you know, part of that is, are you gonna drive further to get to the gas station that's offering gas for a few cents less. They also say, by the way, experts are saying that Fridays and Saturdays are the most expensive days to fill up at the gas station and Mondays and Tuesdays are least expensive. You know that the prices do fluctuate and it may not be more than a penny or two per gallon. Over time, that might, that might add up. So that's just something to keep in mind as well. Um, Another thing is use rewards. I, this kind of ties in with the grocery, for instance. There is a, we, we shop sometimes at Safeway and I'm not, again, I'm not promoting Safeway. I'm just letting you know, we're part, we've been for years, part of a rewards program through Safeway. You put in your phone number, scan the card and you get rewards. It can help with prices in the store, but you also get reward points. And, and in our area, the Chevron gas stations, you can actually, Offset, you can say, yeah, I want to see how much Safeway rewards I have. And sometimes it's 10, 20, 30 or 40, if 
I've had it go up as high as I think 70 cents a gallon if I haven't used it for a while and I've done a lot of shopping at Safeway that you can take off and wow, that can make a huge difference. So don't ignore that opportunity to, to use the rewards. Another thing that a lot of us maybe ignore is just the maintenance of our vehicles, keeping the tires inflated to the proper level, keeping the oil changed and, and things that are keeping your car running the way it's supposed to. Not only can you avoid additional expenses for your car because of things breaking down, but just keeping the tires at the right inflated level, keeping the oil where it's supposed to be, is actually helpful with gas savings. There are also additives and other things that people use that can help with, with um, the, uh, the savings at the pump. And I already mentioned the best days of the week, the Monday and Tuesday versus Friday and Saturday. Another biggie, and this is something Carol and I have just gone through, is looking at hidden and forgotten expenses. We've been in the process of updating our budget. And it, it's you, things that you do, you set up a, a subscription for something, online services, streaming services, sometimes even periodicals, magazines and newspapers, that type of thing, that are set on automatic renewal. They may be monthly, they may be annually, and all of a sudden, it's back on your card and you, uh, your bank account or your credit card. And if you're not paying careful attention, you don't even know that that's happening. It can happen in the background. We just went through and spotlighted all of the ones that we still had out there and determined, do we still use this? Do we need this or not? And there were some that were just running on autopilot. We weren't even accessing anymore. And we, we canceled a lot of those services and, and subscriptions. And I think we probably are saving maybe a couple of hundred dollars. Well, I mean, between the ones that we were just forgot about and the ones we decided we didn't need, we may be saving a couple hundred dollars or more a month just from that. So that's something to keep in mind. Another one, and this goes with that, is, is not only identifying those renewals, but looking at things, whether they're happening in the background or not. Am I, do I really need this? Again, comes down to needs, wants, and wishes. Do you really need this? Is it, is it necessary? Is it something you're even utilizing anymore? It may have made sense at the time and now it doesn't make as much sense. I have some professional publications that when I was full-time fundraising, full-time consulting, they were good resources. And now I, I don't really refer to them or need them anymore. Here's another option. And we can get into a lot of details about this, but you can negotiate costs. Sometimes you can negotiate them directly with the service. Um, I went in to cancel one of my services that was costing, it was a, it's, it was a, a music streaming service that I use in my car and it was costing a couple of hundred dollars a year. And I said, you know, I can get by without it. I, I can listen to radio. I can use the public radio, AM, FM radio. And when I did that, one of their reps followed up with me and said, what about if we could get you a special deal and cut it down for the next year until the next renewal to $60? Well, I do like having that service in my car. That made sense. I've even got on my calendar a few days before it's going to automatically renew so I can make that decision. And it's very possible if I cancel it again, they may come back and say, you know, they're saying you're going to renew it a couple hundred dollars. But right now it's 60. I cancel it again at that point and they come back and say, well, we can extend that 60 still saving me money. And if it's something I want to continue using, I can do that. But you can also go through third-party services. Sometimes it'll work with you to negotiate with your various services and find you better costs. Um, same thing with things like cable and, and other services that lots of times they don't want to lose the customer and they'll work with you to find a, a lower cost. If it becomes too cumbersome or too stressful to do that, yeah. 
look for hidden fees. Sometimes you've got, you've got things that you're paying for and the upfront cost is this, but they're background fees, an annual fee, a monthly fee or something. If, if a balance drops below a certain amount, at least be aware of those and, and work to try to add that to your budget, know what you're getting there. And then reducing or eliminating debt. This is another one that I have a lot of strong feelings about. And, and some people say, man, you know, debt is a big deal for me. And I've got credit cards out there and I've got loans, I've got student loans, et cetera. It, it is something uh, that you have to be aware of, but you can look at the ones that are high interest and find out, is there a way to work with that? Can you consider consolidation or refinance? You gotta be careful about that too. It's not a jump into and do that, but those can be options. And then if you do want to eliminate debt, there are resources out there that can help you design this. But one of the ways to do it that works best is focus on one debt at a time to eliminate. It means that you have to tighten the belt in some other areas. Again, those wants and wishes. But you take, you determine your budget and you take a little bit of the surplus each month and you apply it toward an extra not the minimum amount, but what you can pay extra on one credit card. Sometimes it's the highest interest one. You get rid of that credit card by paying off a higher amount each month and applying any extra windfall money that comes in toward that credit card. And you get rid of that debt. Now, instead of saying, great, I've got extra spending money, you take all of that surplus, including you know what you were paying for that one credit card, roll that over to paying the extra on the next credit card or loan. And you would be surprised how much that snowball effect takes your debt down and can actually get rid of it altogether. I've seen it happen. I've experienced it. Stop using credit cards for long-term purchases. That's the other big danger is you buy something with a credit card and if you can't pay it off in full each month or very close to it, the interest that you're paying actually over time makes you know buying that $30 pair of jeans and putting it on the credit card and not paying it off immediately and letting the interest build becomes a $300 pair of jeans. I'm not exaggerating. So you've got to be in a position if you're going to use credit cards to pay them as you go if you can. You still get the reward points and other benefits of doing that and it helps you track. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about here, and I know we're already out of time and we've gone long, but this is important. You're not in this alone. I think that's an important thing for people to know when you're dealing with this, because this can in and of itself become stressful and overwhelming. But if you are a married person or you have a significant other in your life, communication is an absolute key. I used to, in one of my previous, I haven't been drinking much, have I? Talking fast. In, the, in one of my previous careers, I worked at a church. It was actually my first job in nonprofit work. And I was development director. We were building a school that was part of the church. And I was the stewardship pastor for the church. And part of my job was to meet with people, couples particularly, who wanted to participate in our fundraising program for the school, but weren't sure how to manage their budget. I got trained and certified to help people with that planning and budgeting. It was amazing to me at first, and then it became something I was just aware of, that when couples came in and wanted to talk to me about their budgets, about money, there were other issues that were coming up. And very often, there was just a lack of real clear communication and trust. You have to have that going on with the most important people in your life. You, you need to be communicating. If you're trying to, to walk this thing alone, it's really hard to do it. And tying in with that is accountability. Both the shared process of working through thoughts and ideas and what makes sense and planning the budget and maintaining it, but also accountability is key in not straying. 
Make yourself accountable to your significant other. If you don't have a significant other, find a trusted person that you're telling you want them to be your your budget accountability partner. And the two of you sit down on a regular basis and review how you're doing. You let them know your goals. It's kind of like being an AA or something. You've got that person who's like your, your sponsor or your accountability partner. If you need to seek professional advice, Carol and I actually have a financial advisor who we... Um, employed, contracted with several years ago, working toward retirement. And, and we did our own research and we did our own comparisons. And we liked him both because of his expertise and because he doesn't charge us on the basis of some percentage or pro rata of, of the earnings on our investments and in our funds. He gets a fee. It's a, it's a regular fee. And he has also been very proactive in keeping us informed of what's going on. You got to do your shopping and looking for experts. Not all experts are the same and not all experts will have your best interest or have time for you. You want someone who will. Recognize your own signs of stress, anxiety, and overwhelm having to do with money, having to do with inflation that we're dealing with now and the higher the cost of things going up or your own financial situation. You've got to be able to deal with that just like you do stress in other situations. The bottom line to all of this, folks, is that we're dealing, we're in an age, we're in an era where we can't always count on the comparison between what we have coming in and what we have going out. And, and some of you even here, while we're not sharing some of these major issues, your situation may not be exactly the same as somebody else's situation. But, and, and you may be dealing with higher levels of anxiety around the possibility of, do I pay the rent this month or do I buy the groceries this month? That's where having that communication, having that accountability, having people who can come alongside you can be uh, can make a big difference. And the other part of that is don't be ashamed or afraid to reach out. And there are assistance programs out there for things that can help you cover costs. Uh, one of them in, in just about every state, I think, in every community is a, is a resource called 211 that can help connect you to the resources you need. So don't be afraid to do that. Okay, we've gone a long time on this. I want to thank you. I'm going to go back. Obviously, I haven't been paying a ton of attention to some of your comments, but I want to see them. I want to see your suggestions, your recommendations, your resources, what has worked for you. And I also want to answer questions if you ask them about where the heck I came up with something that, that I mentioned here. I want to quickly tell you what's coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. Next week, I got. I'm really looking forward to this. It's going to be a fun program next week. We're going to be talking about how the job market has changed. And for some people, you may go, well, you know, I'm retired. It doesn't matter. But you know somebody, you've got a friend, you've got a relative who has been looking at or going through job changes. A lot of this came about because of and through COVID, where the whole environment of the work setting, and particularly both from the job seeker and the job recruiters' perspectives, what you're looking for and how you go about looking for a job, what the key factors are that will bring people in and, and what companies and recruiters are having to do to find the best people. We're going to talk about that with an expert. Addie Grow is a professional recruiter and she's going to help us unpack some of these things. So if you've got some particular questions or thoughts or you're curious about that whole process of the job market, even if even if you're not the one seeking a job right now or in a job right now, I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. And Addie is a fantastic person to have on to talk about this. So that's going to be uh, next week. A couple of weeks out, we're just going to have a a fun Saturday. We're going to uh, play a, have a little bit of our trivia fun like we do sometimes. 
it, the topic is going to be, you have one job to do, and we're going to share some funny pictures and stories about jobs that were done that you're like, what were they thinking? Like putting together a public bathroom where there is no division between the toilets or the toilet is in one spot and the toilet paper is clear across the room. It's like, wait a minute, how could they, you have one job to do. How could you get that wrong? So we're going to talk about that talking to some other people who I think we're going to have on as guests in some of the coming weeks. You'll hear more about that. I think it's going to be, again, tremendous amount of fun. In the meantime, thank you for being here today. Thank you for sticking with this as we as we went long. I think it was a topic worth going long on and having this conversation. I appreciate both your attention and your thoughts and ideas as well. And as we think about this, particularly in light of the things that are going on, you know, sometimes we're in a position where we need help. Sometimes we're in a position where we can help others. And sometimes it's just maintaining that balance inside our, our own household, our own family. And it's not always just about money and finances. There are a lot of things we can do. So please find a way to make a difference in your world this week. Thank you for being here. God bless you. Have a great week.